Welcome to Talk the Talk. I'm Bill Newman. And I'm Buzz Eisenberg. And there has been a lot of political news involving Hampshire County elected officials recently. We're st- we start, I think, with the announcement that Harry Jackanowski, the longtime clerk of the Superior Court, announced he would be not he would not be running for re-election. Dan Carey, who is the representative from the second ha- second Hampshire district, uh, that's uh, East Hampton, South Hadley, Hadley, and Precinct Two of Granby, announced he would be running for the clerk of the Superior Court. And Omar Gomez, the president of the City Council of East Hampton, announced he would be running for Dan Carey's seat as the representative from the 2nd Hampshire District. Does everyone have that straight? We're going to have a quiz. Ready? Okay. Actually, we're going to go over it again because we have with us in the studio Representative Dan Carey, the representative from the 2nd Hampshire District. So glad you could be with us. We really appreciate you taking the time to come into the studio today, Representative Carey. Here's what I want to know. Your family has a long political history in Hampshire County, a long and successful and distinguished history in Hampshire County. You hold the second Hampshire, second Hampshire seat. This is your third term. From my perspective, you could be the incumbent in the seat for as long as you want. Uh, you are well-respected and well-liked in, in your, among your constituents. And my question is, why give that up? For another position, which we're going to talk about, it's really important. Lawyers, non-lawyers don't know about it very much, but it really matters here in Hampshire County. I got that. We'll get into that. But why give up this seat you, where you're gaining seniority, where you'll be of increasing influence, where the Western Massachusetts delegation, of which you're a part, has great respect among the legislature in a way I have not seen in the years and decades I've been out here? Why give that up? Well, good morning, and thank you both for having me, and thank you for those kind words about my family and about my career. I'm really... Um, proud of my family's service and my own. And by the way, Franklin County, too. There's a lot of carries that have given service up there as well. We're all over western Massachusetts. The carries are coming. The carries are coming. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, when Harry announced his retirement, it, I was just thinking this morning, it wasn't unlike when John Seibeck announced his retirement in 2018. And because my family and friends are politically minded, we, we started talking. Who, who do we want in that role? It is, I'm glad you said this, Bill, such an important role. That's what I thought I'd be starting with is what is that job and how important is it? But it sounds like we'll get to that. And um, talking with folks, who do we want in that role in such an important position, someone who will keep the course fair and, and knows the system and can do the job well. So many people said, Dan, we'd like you to run. And I thought long and hard about it and talked with my family. And it was right about the same time Harry made that announcement, my first child was born. So the commute from East Hampton to Northampton is a little nicer than the commute from East Hampton to Boston. So it was just the right timing for my family, but also a position I think I'll really enjoy. And it'll be a good challenge for me personally and professionally, but also a way I feel I can still help the folks of Hampshire County and be involved. Well, let me ask you about that, because Aaron Vega, who is the long term, I think four or five term uh, representative from Holyoke, uh, when he said some years ago now, that he was not going to run for re-election. What he, what he cited was the travel, the drive from Holyoke to Boston and back and forth and back and forth. And he said, I have a young, I have a son, and I want to see him more. And that's what this is about. And everyone pressed him and said, oh, it's got to be X, it's got to be Y, it's got to be Z. No, he said, 
I don't want to do the travel anymore. I don't want to do the driving. Is that really a significant issue here? It's a factor. It's a factor. I mean, there's a lot of factors. If you're going to make a a big decision like this, a life-changing decision, um, that's one of the factors. Being a rep from Western Mass is different than being a rep from Eastern Mass. So many of the reps in Eastern Mass, they use the Statehouse as their office. They can just pop in and out. We don't have that ability. If I'm going to Boston, it's a full-day event, and so I need to plan around that. I don't I try not to ever complain about the travel. I knew that's what I was signing up for. And with the pandemic, my six years in office have been out of my living room and out of my home office a little bit. Um, but it is, it is a factor. You know, it's harder uh, for Western Mass reps, just that time commitment. So it, it's part of the decision. For me, it, it can't be the whole decision. Um, you base your life around whether or not you want to sit in traffic. But it's a, the opportunity of this position. You know, it's well, not if you just guys had just passed East-West Rail, had it <laughs> constructed and had it here, you wouldn't have this complaint yeah, and you could stay in the legislature the next and 20 we years. We put historic amounts of money in that and the federal government's trying to help out. We need a little more action down there, but the governor just put a director of West, East-West Rail um, a new director. just this week, yeah. named somebody to be in charge of that initiative. So that's a huge step and that's something that's coming, but um, not by the November election. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I, I don't want to let go quite yet of this question about your increased seniority, the potential for more influence on the Hill, uh, the being part of a burgeoning, I think, respect for the Western Massachusetts delegation, which is apt to remain intact or in significant measure intact for years to come. That's giving up a, a lot of political capital. And I'm wondering whether that is that, that nags at you at all. It was a very tough decision. I love being state representative. But because they're both on the election this fall, it was a decision I had to make, one or the other. Um, as far as the seniority, I'm very, very proud of my record as state rep and being named vice chair in my second term and um, vice chair of, of a, a very important committee my third term. But in 2018, that was the big question. We were losing tons and tons of seniority. And well, who, are, who are these new reps and what were they going to do? And as you said, we've been able to work together well and to gain that respect and be able to be effective. And so... Um, I'm, I'm humbled that so many people have reached out and said we're going to miss you, but I think w- the voters of the 2nd Hampshire District are very smart people, and they're going to have an option of who to send, and I hope they send somebody who can hit the ground running. Well, Representative Dan Carey, I'd like to just boil down these two positions, the, the one that you currently hold, the one that you're going to. I mean, we forget sometimes what being a representative is. You are a lawmaker. The policy, the budget, the level of taxation, it all comes out of the general court and the House of Representatives in particular is... Stop on second. The, gen- the general court is the actual legal term for the Massachusetts legislature. It's not a court. A lot it's of courts a legislature. conversation. Right, okay. Right, from one court to another court. Right, now. Um, but, and, and as a superior court clerk, you're going to keep the court running, hopefully, seamlessly. It's a really different mission. One is to make law and have control over our budget, your constituents' lives. The other is those litigants. So uh, how do you see these two different missions as to Dan Carey's capabilities, Dan Carey's interests? Can you compare those two things for us? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very different types of jobs, um, but they intersect. And, and my resume just coincidentally is, as I think, built for this position I, didn't, I never set out to be state rep when I was in kindergarten. They said, what do you want to be when you grow up? It, my answer wasn't clerk of courts. It was uh, second baseman for the Red Sox. But there you go. Can't hit a fastball. So, 
Um, but having worked at the district attorney's office, I was at the district attorney's office for six years. I started as a district court administrator where I was in the courtroom every single day doing some of these administrative tasks. And then I went on to become an assistant district attorney. And we see the intersection as a state legislator, every single issue that affects the 7.1 million people in the Commonwealth comes across my desk. And so that includes the courts. And just last year, we passed a $165 million bond bill to enhance the courts, just the technology, the safety. Let's make sure the cameras are working and the locks and the employees have up-to-date software and computers. One example that um, is really striking, because some of those things you don't see if you just walk through the door. They're kind of behind the scenes. But what do you see? What does the clerk do? I just want to give you one example that people do see um, from that bond bill. Five of the 94 <coughs> courthouses in the state had Wi-Fi, less than 5%. And now with that bond bill, by the end of 2024, they're all going to have Wi-Fi. And that's thanks to the legislature passing that bill and spending that money, uh, even though it's the courts that are um, spending that money and putting those in place. So to answer your question, the, the clerk of courts is the head administrator for the spirit courts. So it's a very important position, as you both know, as attorneys. And it's, you know, handling the schedule, yes, but it's also making sure the exhibits are properly maintained, the evidence and the files are properly held, making sure that folks who are coming through the door unrepresented have someone there greeting them and helping them. We want the... the Doors of the courthouse would be wide open. And we, I know from my experience as an ADA, there's a lot of pro se litigants walking into the Superior Court Clerk's Office looking for someone to help them just sort through that process. ADA is Assistant District Attorney, and pro se litigants means people representing themselves without an attorney. Yes. Here's, here's an aspect of, of the job of Clerk of Courts that I, that I do want to ask you about, Dan Carey. And... The clerk of courts, first of all, let's start with the title, which is kind of an oddity to me. You know, it's like in Massachusetts, for a corporation, there has to be a president. And what's the one other, other requirement? The corporation has to have a, a clerk. Now, I don't know why that word is the word of preference going back centuries, but it is. It's not a matter of having a pencil and eraser and doing, doing uh, that kind of uh, rote work. Uh, there is serious administrative work that goes into that job, and it requires budgeting. It requires uh, oversight of personnel. It requires taking care of the public in, in a way that's really, I think, difficult because on one hand, people come, as you say, the pro se litigants, those who are people in court cases who are representing themselves, and they want help. And there you are in the clerk's office, and you know the answer to their question, but you are not allowed to give legal advice. So... Take a de small detour for us and tell us how you will handle that situation. Or how do you handle that situation? Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. And so it's being able to, first of all, continue the good work Harry Jekinowski and his staff have done and build on that. But also to be able to, to know where that line is and be able to assist folks. But not, I'm an attorney, but I'm not every pro se litigant's attorney just because they walk into the the clerk's office, should I be lucky enough to become clerk of courts? So knowing, having the staff trained and ready, having the information available, and having the wherewithal and the, the presence of mind to know what your job is. Your job isn't to become that person's attorney, but to be able to assist them through the process and welcome them in. Because that's a scary thing 
to be a pro se litigant. You're facing a whole new language. You often hear the legalese is, is a whole language unto itself. So just to be able to translate that language a little bit for folks and help them along and welcome them in and make sure that the, the administration of justice is being done equally and fairly for and no, matter, no matter who it is. I'd be interested to know, Dan Carey, whether you have some, uh, I'm not sure, it's, misgivings isn't the word I want, um, intrepidation is too strong, but some feelings of sadness of giving up, uh, not the authority and not the independence of being a state rep, but of having that camaraderie that I think exists, and at least I, I read, read through the lines in these in, in news reports, and I look at this class of representatives uh, and uh, state senators, including one to include Joe Comerford in this, uh, th- that you're a part of. And I look at Natalie Blay and Pat Duffy and Mindy Dahm and Lindsay Sabadosa and you and Joe Comerford. And there's some others, um, plus some, uh, some switching around of uh, state reps, state senate seats that have occurred uh, in the last uh, six years. And you're a part of that. And there, there's camaraderie there, I think. And I know you, you'll have a great staff in the Superior Court to do a different kind of work, but I'm wondering whether you would miss that aspect of your state rep job. 100%. 100%. There's a lot about the state rep job that I will miss. There are some things I will not miss, um, but that camaraderie... How about, how about <laughs> a line item for a, uh, your own Uber for every Western Mass or a rep and senator? Oh, there should be a line item for a Western Mass office. Or there's a lot of things. Oh, really? We can get into that another time. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But the camaraderie, you know, you're absolutely right. We came in, and it, we are, all came in together. So we worked shoulder to shoulder. We worked together. We learned it together. Um, but the real value is, you're right, that those are actual friendships. And so whatever job I end up in next year, whether I'm lucky enough to be elected clerk or, or not, I'll have to find something else to do, I'll still be in touch with these folks. But I also think, as clerk... I'll know exactly who to advocate for what the court needs. I've got colleagues, not just the ones you mentioned here in Western Mass, but across the state and in the state house, so that I can go advocate for the court's budget. And I know exactly who to talk to and when to talk to them and how the process works. And I think that's going to be a real asset to me as clerk is that uh, legislative experience. We are speaking with Dan Carey, who is the representative from the 2nd Hampshire District, candidate for the Democratic nomination first, I believe, for clerk of courts, and then... Presumably, if he wins, and I think there's no doubt he will win, that nomination will be a candidate for Superior Court, Clerk of Courts. We'll be right back with Dan Carey more after this. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We continue our conversation with Dan Carey, who is the state representative from the 2nd Hampshire District who is a candidate for the Democratic nomination for Clerk of Superior Court, Hampshire County Clerk of Courts. As we discussed, clerk is in some ways a misleading term, but it is a constitutionally mandated one. It is a really important position in Massachusetts, constitutionally mandated, as Buzz was pointing out to us uh, while we were off air. We talked earlier, Dan Carey, about this position of Clerk of the Superior Court, and Buzz raised the important issue of there's a distinction between clerk of the district court and clerk of the superior court. And I think that many people listening may say, what is it? So help us understand. Absolutely. And that's the question I've been getting a lot is uh, what does the clerk of courts do, which we talked about, but also 
oh, no, that means you're not the rep anymore as of today, which is because so many clerk positions are appointed. But this is an elected position, so it'll be on the um, primary ballot in September, the, the day after Labor Day. Make sure you mark that down now. Yeah, and then the yeah it's something I like, wanted to talk to you about as a rep. Why is an election held the day after Labor Day? I don't know how to explain this. I think the word is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible day for an election, but okay. Should, should the election be much sooner so we know who <laughs> the general election candidates are? That's a bill that gets filed every or should, year. should it be on a day when people don't have to go to work? But I can tell you the logistics of this decision, if you want to know, because um, that is something the House and Senate had to decide and vote on. And that's because the regular um, election day would have fallen on a Jewish holiday. And so we wanted to move it off of that. And then the Secretary of State came in with very strict guidelines on how far back or forward we could move it because of all the mail voting. We want to make sure ballots get to folks overseas. And that takes a long time. And so we've got the voting by mail for, for three elections this year with the presidential primary coming up, then the state primary, then the state general. So it's a very busy election season. Um, yeah, it, it ends. I, I understand the logistics are actually more complicated, and it's easy to just just take a pot shot at and say it's a bad day for an election, and it is. But, but day it, after Labor Day is tough. Yeah, that's why I'm reminding folks now in February. <laughs> I think it's September third, right? Yes. Okay, so back to this question of district court, superior court. Can you sort that out for us? Absolutely. So the district court clerk is is appointed, and you often hear the term clerk magistrate, and that's a different than the superior court clerk. And there's some administrative duties that that clerk has that the superior court clerk doesn't. And I, a large part of that, the easiest way I can explain it is there's a lot more cases in district court. And so that's kind of the first line where cases can get weeded in and out. Whereas the superior court, we're looking at large felony criminal cases, um, large civil cases, over $50,000. And so uh, the superior court clerk doesn't have a lot of those same functions, but has other functions and can enter judgments in certain situations. So they're just uh, two, two different departments of, of the trial courts. We just used the term Hampshire County Clerk of Courts. Someone listening said, wait a second, does Hampshire County still exist? To which the answer is actually, technically, no, we don't have counties anymore. So could you sort that out for us? Massachusetts is an old state. <laughs> We've got a lot of things that have been around a long time, and that's one of them. Um, we actually had a hand in 2019 in um, dissolving the Council of Governments and making sure the courthouse didn't get demolished, um, we, we being the Western Mass Reps and Senators. And the Hampshire County uh, uh, COG uh, was the successor to the Hampshire County government structure. Absolutely, yeah. So there is no Hampshire County government structure, but the, there are some things. Uh, the Hampshire County Sheriff, for example, the Hampshire County Clerk of Courts is another. And so that's, you know, I think of it as that's the electorate for this position. The Hampshire County does still exist in that there's 20 towns in Hampshire County, and we know what they are. Um, it's a good thing because technically <laughs> there is no Hampshire County. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a little confusing, and, a little, nope. I'm, and I'm being a little silly, but I, I, I do appreciate it. Geographically, we know what it is. Okay. So I, I would like to uh, clarify one aspect of our conversation, please, uh, Representative Dan Carey. You're not, you are not yet officially an announced candidate and I only know this because I have an email announcing that there'll be an announcement. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I wanted to uh, spread the word about the official announcement, which I'm kind of calling the campaign kickoff now because the announcement's really out there. 
is going to be Saturday, February 17th at 10 a.m. at the Hotel Northampton. And that's just going to be a great chance for people to get together, learn more about me, about my family, about the campaign and the position. And that'll really kickstart things. We'll start collecting nomination signatures after that to get my name on the ballot. But, yeah, I've sent out a press release that said, I'm going to announce on February 17th, and all the headlines said, Carrie announces. <laughs> so, so much for how you get treated by the media, really. Uh, I, how, how many signatures do you need on a petition? It's to... 500 in Hampshire County because of our population. It's 1,000 in some other counties. Uh, I, I would like to go back to a topic that is near and dear to your heart, is your family. Um, and I'd like to, if you could share with us what they are doing now because they all have had significant positions and or have significant positions and uh, I'm not sure that many people necessarily know what all the carries are up to and could you spend a minute and share that with us because it's really an interesting family dynamic. I'd be happy to. So as you mentioned my grandfather William A. Carey was the state representative for the second Hampshire district from 1974 to 1986 and there's a profound respect for public service and the love of the law um, in our family. Four of his sons became attorneys here in Western Massachusetts. My father just retired as a Superior Court judge. My uncle Mike just retired as Hampshire County Register of Probate. Let's start. Let's, st- let's stop with Richard Carey for one second. Spend thirty seconds. You could spend years, but tell tell us about his career. Um, he had a remarkable career. He. Uh, was a, an assistant district attorney. He started his own private practice, Cary Law Office, first in Northampton and then in East Hampton. Two of his brothers joined him. It went from One of the great advertising for lawyers I've ever seen. You drive to East Hampton, you cannot miss the sign, Cary <laughs> Law Office, really. And by the way, one of my first cases, I think one of his early cases, we were in Orange District Court against each other. I'm dating myself now, <laughs> but uh, I remember Dick very well. He said to tell you, he remembers you beating him in some of those cases. Ooh. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> so Cary Law Office started uh, with my father, and then uh, his brothers joined. It went from Cary Law Office to Cary and Cary to Cary, Cary and Cary. And then uh, my father was appointed to the bench. It went back to Cary and Cary. Then my uncle was elected register of probate, and Uncle Jim kept it going as Cary Law Office. And the register and of probate is Uncle? Uncle Mike. Okay. Yep. And so I remember when there was a probation officer, Cary, and, and there was uh, Richard Cary, uh, whom you were just discussing, who became a spirit court judge. Richard Carey, but uh, I asked the client when I, he came in for an appointment, and I said, how are you doing? He said, I got a bad case of the Carries." <laughs> well, sorry well, to hear that. But, <laughs> Hopefully people are happy to see us now. <laughs> in, in the world of dating ourselves, the, the, I, I remember uh, uh, litigating cases with your, your dad and against him. Um, I remember very well when he became a judge the first time, and then he sent a superior court appointment as well. And now... There's a portrait of him on the wall. I mean, oh how, how old are we getting here, Buzz? Okay. Any other carries we should know? We, know? we know about Richard. We know about Michael. You know, We know about your grandfather. Buzz knows well my Uncle Bob up oh, in Franklin yes. County, Greenfield, and he just uh, retired as well. And so and all his, four of them are waiting for the snow to melt and hit the golf course there. We, we, I did a very quick question. I once had a terrible ethical problem. Somebody came in and tried to bribe me to stop representing my client at I really didn't know whether to call the district. I really didn't know what to do, and he did it in a vague way. And the person that I called was somebody who I had uh, had a couple of interactions with, and that was Bob Carey, who guided me as a young lawyer uh, through the right way to handle this terrible situation that I found myself in. So, and I've told that to him. I'm eternally grateful to him for that. 
I appreciate that. And when I ran for rep, I would always say, you know, just because my grandpa was rep, I don't expect people to vote for me because of that. But I want you to know I learned a lot from the stories I hear like that yeah. from folks that say, you know, he was a rep in 1977, and here's what he did for me. And I remember it now in 2018. And I'm so lucky that I grew up with my father and my uncle as my father and my uncles, and now they are my friends and my mentors, and I've learned so, so much from them over the years. Do you want to... Uh I don't quite know how to phrase this, given that you haven't announced yet, and there's an official announcement coming. So given that awkwardness, would you nonetheless tell us what changes, if any, you would plan to make in the Superior Court Office of Clerk? Uh, Harry Jackanowski has been the clerk now for a long yeah. time. Before Harry was June Thibodeau, uh, Sal Pleto. There have only been three Hampshire County Superior Court clerks in the entire time I've worked here. Um, it's it's been an excellent office, and on one hand, as a candidate, I'm sure you say, I have the following great ideas for change. On the other hand, you have an enormous respect, I know, for Harry Jackanowski and the work he's done, so can you square that circle for us? Absolutely, and, and you're hitting the nail on the head. Harry's done such an amazing job. His staff is incredible, and I'm not just saying that because I know them, and I used to work as an ADA, but because I hear that up and down Western Mass and back and forth across the state. People say Hampshire County Superior Court is the, the courthouse that's doing it right. And I want to build on that. I want to continue that work. But also, I, while I've interacted with that office and seen it as an attorney on the outside, I've never worked there. I've never been a member of that office. And so I feel I have a lot to learn as well. And learning from the staff, learning from the attorneys that use that office, I want to hear from folks over this year what can I do? What can I improve on? What can we do better? How can we all work together to continue that good work, but also make it better? You know, part of it is the changing of the times. We talked earlier about just getting Wi-Fi in the building. That seems common sense. You can't believe there's not Wi-Fi in the building. Yeah, I just was amazed to learn that there wasn't <laughs> Wi-Fi in courthouses in Massachusetts until just recently. I find that astounding. In 89 of the 94 courthouses when this year started. But when this year ends, it'll be in 94 of the 94. So that's the good work. Those little time, little things you, you don't think about day to day, but are important when you're sitting there and you need to research something or pull up a file because that's where the information is now. People are bringing their laptops to court, not their briefcase full of paper. Uh, Your Honor, I'd love to give you the citation. However, we don't have <laughs> we don't have any Wi-Fi here. <laughs> My goodness, that's yep. astounding. And that's just one example. There's there's other ways that um, the courthouses, as you guys know, is are being digitalized, and our entire lives are. And so we want to keep up with the times and not find the courthouse. A relic of the past. We want to make it accessible and user-friendly. So to the question of immediate changes that you would want to see or want to implement, anything you would like to comment on that, even before your announcement? <laughs> yeah, right now it's the technology is the first, the concrete thing I can hold on to that I've personally dealt with. But I think I'm going to announce on the 17th. I hope everybody comes to the hotel and joins us on the 17th at 10 a.m. And then I'm going to spend the year learning and talking to folks and, and seeing I don't think I'm the expert. I think I'm here to learn, and, and uh, we can all work together to make it the best it can be. Dan Carey, have you heard anything about the potential for an opponent for this, either for the nomination on the Democratic side or in the general election? I've not heard yet of any other candidates for this position, but it, it is still early. Uh, I'm ready to campaign hard all year. And you'll do it regardless of whether there's an opponent, I take it. That's right. Absolutely. Dan Carey is the present representative from the 2nd Hampshire District. We really appreciate your time and hope you'll come in during the campaign because I think people finding out about what their court system is, how it works, and how it really happens 
pulling back that curtain really matters, and we really appreciate you doing that for us today. Thank you, Dan Carey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Dan. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.